smile like you mean it because somebody told me we're doing another music episode if you're hesitant to that then change your mind because our little midnight show is gonna do it anyway but hey look on the mr bright side if all these things that i've done this may rank on top believe me natalie everything's gonna be all right it's the killers hot fuss this week on nothing good Well, good evening, gentlemen. Welcome to another episode, another fantastic intro by one Mr. Brown. Mac, mm. Jeff, how you guys doing today? Doing great. Episode Fan- 35. Here we are. Oh, yeah. Fan-fucking-tastic, gentlemen. Fan-fucking-tastic today. Our episode numbers are... Our, our show is now the stage where it can start thinking about AARP. Yeah, that's right? Exciting. That's what I'm saying. It's, our show numbers are actually approaching our actual ages rapidly. So pre- pretty soon our... Our show's going to have to really start thinking about its 401k and its long-term prospects. Eventually, our show's going to have to try to move in with its spin-off show, but then it's going to be put in, in an assisted <laughs> listening facility. That's my theory. Yeah. So, you know, gentlemen, uh, Jeff and I were, uh, were hanging out this afternoon. We went to the uh, good old Penguin game, and we were talking about the podcast, and uh, we kind of came to a conclusion here, gents, and... There's equal parts excitement and sadness in the statement that I'm about to make. We have all kind of come to the conclusion, and Jones, you might be the only person who, who can maybe even buck this trend, but uh, Noah, does your beautiful, wonderful wife listen to the podcast? No. She has expressly stated that why would she listen to it? She hears it every day anyway because I, I don't stop talking. Jeffrey, does your beautiful, wonderful, fantastic wife listen to podcast? She does not. A couple of times she's been like, you know what? I was going to start listening, but then I remembered I hate podcasts and I see and hear you all the time. So I'm not going to listen to it. So that's fair. <laughs> Jones, does your beautiful, wonderful, fantastic wife listen to the podcast? Um, she has. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, it would compared to what she thinks you guys are hilarious so she enjoys listening to you more she enjoys listening to me uh, but uh i uh, like maybe you know an episode partially here and there but she has dug into it a little bit at my behest my uh my beautiful wonderful amazing girlfriend um has listened to one and a half episodes of the podcast now the reason why i bring this up is is that you know the as we're getting up to episode 35 now, I know the number of downloads and listens have grown and, and, yes. and our audience has grown a little bit here over the last uh, few months. None of that is coming from our significant others. No, <laughs> they do not so, support us. <laughs> not even the slightest. So I find that to be equal parts interesting because, you know, the people that are listening to this are not necessarily people that know each of us. Mm-hmm. But also, our numbers would be way better if our significant others listened to every episode of the podcast. So I just kind of thought that was interesting. That is interesting. interesting. That is a good point. I mean, yeah, yeah, there there will be the first ones to yell at us for not being supportive, but damn it. 
I feel like there's some uh, there's there's a lesson to be learned there. There is something that we should all never mention though. Can you imagine what I was trying to be like? You know what? You never support me and my shitty fucking podcast, <laughs> and I gotta support your multi-level marketing opportunity. <laughs> That you gotta try to sell me on all the time that I gotta pay subscription for. But no, you do you. You know, no, I would get punched in the fucking mouth. That's what would happen. <laughs> right in the Johnny mouth. Cage. You get Johnny Cage oh, nut punch. Like just drop right down into a slit and just boom. No, she would do that thing that wives do, that they all have that power to do, where they wouldn't move. They wouldn't say anything and they don't blink. They just look at you with the look that can only be described as this motherfucker this motherfucker and then you like like you it, it, and your dick does the same thing that it does like whenever you see the flashing lights of a police behind you it, like kind of goes inside you a little bit like to protect yourself like oh no no I'm not, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you start apologizing even though you were right before you opened your mouth you start fucking apologizing mm. yep. yeah yeah your dick packs up your balls and leaves uh you know? oh i need you jeff jeff saw stephanie give me that look uh, several times today uh, throughout the course of the hockey camp. It's true. Um, yeah. But, um, and, and, and listen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, we are, uh, we're, we're getting out here into uh, the end of February. We just recently yep. got past Valentine's Day. And mm -hmm. I mention this, everyone, because one of our hosts here on Nothing Good had a very special, very unique, very um loving tribute to his wife on valentine's day no would you care to tell us a little bit about that oh sure um i like to do f uh fun tributes and videos for my wife on special occasions uh her birthday i read her a poem about being old and i think it was well received and i thought what better way to express your romance on valentine's day than to write her a rap song about John Stamos and how much I'd rather be with him than her, and it went it went over pretty well. Went over pretty well. It was it was fantastically done. It was so good. That's Thank that's you. that's why I had to bring it up because I <laughs> I just I just uh, I watched this I watched it several times, uh, and shared it with a few people as well. And uh, you know, bravo, sir, bravo. Thank you, thank you. I, my wife tweeted it at John Stamos. Um, I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure he didn't reply. Probably hasn't seen it, and the only serious note I'll make on it—he's been having a hard time lately. But whenever he comes back to the interwebs, it'll be there for him. And I just want to say, John, if you ever listen, I'll always be here for you. You can have all of specific you, parts of me, whatever you want. It's okay. If we ever get a chance to do a, a full house episode, uh, you know. Nah. Or without special guest John Stamos, um, there is a an individual of a uh, mutual friend of ours, a, a producer, a writer, comedian, an actress, uh, Miss uh, Catherine uh, Johnson, who uh, mm. appeared with us um, way back a, in the origin, way yeah. back in the Angerwood or beginning days, uh, and uh, she's expressed that she uh, may have an interest in doing an episode with us here in the future. So, well. Um Katie, if you listen to this, uh, congratulations on your success. And I, I'm going to go ahead and say now it's a bad idea to associate with us. Uh, but you probably won't make <laughs> it never this far into the episode <laughs> until you make that terrible decision. So, told you so. But we're here, right? We're here now. We're doing another music episode, guys. But before we do, because we're talking about the killers, it is our one of our only 
customary tradition. Gents, what you drinking? Jafar, lead us off. I am drinking a beer called Laser Raptors. Nice. Which is a double IPA from Aslan Brewing. For the artwork, it's basically a velociraptor. <laughs> and in a 1980s school photo <laughs> laser background. I love that. That that looks like the laser background, well. Noah, from uh, Foosball, the real true story, when you're doing your afterburners. We, uh, yep. <laughs> I'm, Jeff yep. and that design company probably all stole it from the same sock background. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. always the same. But also, while we're looking at our screen, I just wanted to do some shameless self-promotion. I'm rocking some brand new Nothing Good merch here. Oh, oh, oh yeah. the, Grand, the, the Grand Theft Auto t-shirt. One of many find wares available on our website yes for sure you can get a gta logo all over and lots of other stuff um i'm sure a future episode i'll support mine i want the og logo we'll talk about it later you know you gotta start it's gotta start somewhere but i will tell you that i'm not drinking beer last time we recorded i drank uh two bottles of wine and that was fun for the remainder of my day <laughs> uh but today i, I decided i'm uh, drinking a margarita very nice. Okay. I fucking love tequila. And I felt it's, we're in the heart of February and God damn it. I want it to be summer. So fucking bad. So I'm just going to do what I do every day and lie to myself about everything going on around me. And I'm going to act like it. So fucking cheers. Doc, what are you drinking? Drink that. Ah, uh, so that's how I pronounce it. I don't know if it's Tropy or Tropy, but I assume it's Tropy Canyon. Uh, so this IPA from Heavy Seas Beer. Uh, I'll show you what it looks like here. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's very, very good. Uh, I've never had it before. Um, it's drink. Yeah, it's good. Mac, what you having? Well, no, as you uh, as you mentioned here, you're uh, you're waiting for it to be summer so goddamn bad that uh, I'm going back to Outer Banks and I am I um, busted back out the uh, weeping radish. Uh, so I'm having their black radish German lager uh, today. So mm. not the first time I've had it. I got a couple of them left over. So I'm just going to make sure that I, I get them, uh, I get them all uh, drank before it's uh, it's too late. So uh, got some nice uh, Outer Banks uh, microbrew here today. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'm I'm glad. We all wish we all wish it was a different weather than I think it is right now. And if you're one of those weird fucking people who loves the middle of February in the Northeast, I got nothing for you, man. Get the fuck out of here. You know, it's especially <laughs> we're, we're going to pack this episode here today. Mac raised his hand, so I'm going to go ahead and say, get the fuck out of here. It's all right. <laughs> we got this. It's only your favorite fucking record, so or one of them. So. It is one of them. Yes. Yeah, but it, it is. It is absolutely one of them. It's the killers. Hot fuss. Hot fuss. And man, is this it a is, hot fuss. Uh, it is. And let me tell you, this thing is a whole vibe. I'm telling you, like, I was, I was transported back to so many house parties and, like, driving to and from house parties while listening to this album. Yeah. Fucking killer. But let's start it off. Doc. So how old were you guys when this, this album came out? Well, was I was 21 going on 22. Uh, so I was like right smack dab in that stage of life. I don't know you, Noah, and uh, I knew Drew, you two of you guys, for just a couple years at this point. Uh, so we were super early in our friendship. Mac, I think I just got to know you. I was starting to get to know you pretty well. So, our, yep. I mean, we were cool. We were like really, really good friends yet, but we were definitely friends at this point. Uh, I still hadn't met you for like almost another year, I think, because I think I met you about 2005, I'm pretty sure. 
at some yeah, point right around now. there. Yeah, so this whole period of life was just booze. House <laughs> parties on Wednesdays. Just, just house parties. It was yeah. a weekday drunk. Oh, man. It was a rough time. It was weekday a time. drunk. Um, yeah. How about you guys? Where, where were you in life when this album came out? Well, Joan, uh, since you and I are uh, two days apart in age, I was also around 21, 22. Um, this album came out at a time where the only time in my life I was unemployed is when this album came out. Uh, I remember, you know, somebody told me being played on the X and I'm driving around and my, uh, it was, this was my dad's, uh, 96 grand dam. Uh, the Mm. one that got brutally, brutally destroyed by a chance encounter with a, a grown ass deer. One, one, one dark and stormy night. Mm-hmm. Um, Weren't you coming down 51 or something? I like was that? coming down 51. We had just yeah. finished playing a deck hockey game. And uh, I remember I had I stayed behind for an extra like minute or two, right? And I stopped at like the BP, and this is out in Ross Traver, right? And for, for those of you that may not know the, the Pittsburgh area, Ross Traver is about a good 25 miles, 30 miles south of uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, it is a, there's a lot of farmland uh, out in this area. So a whole lot of nothing. There's a whole lot of nothing. And uh, yeah, I stopped at a BP to grab a Powerade and then uh, just, <laughs> just, uh, just opened it up and never saw the thing coming and hit that son of a bitch square right on the, right on the corner of the car, split the deer in half. Part of it bounced off my uh, door and then backwards. The other one shot forward totaled the car um i was very lucky that uh i, I walked away really with only a, a busted nose and a, and a strained wrist but uh it was it was a hell of a thing never saw it coming um but yeah i was i was unemployed at this time and um between jobs just finished working at the ice rink hadn't started working at toys R Us yet so jeff this was right around the time we're meeting and uh yeah this uh somebody told me Starts coming on the radio, and I'm like, "What? What's this fucking band all about?" You know. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a it was a really transitional time in my life because you know most of the people that mean the most to me, I met around this time. You know, Jones, you and I were getting to know each other through through Whitfield. Mm-hmm. Noah, I didn't meet you until we both started working in Toys R Us together, which was right around well, this time. Well, I don't, know, I don't know your time on yeah. here, pal. But yeah, yeah, we, we had met each other. Yeah. We yeah. had, we, and we've been yeah. working together. So I, I, th- I, th- I'm. A, were, were you? I mean, I don't want to get into the minutia of 2004 <laughs> here, but you were. Were you? Were you not with the with the Rue, uh, in in that summer when this this came out? Had you not come back yet? Uh, no, I was still. I mean, I was. I was partial because I was working. Yeah. I was oh, lifeguarding. I was lifeguarding full time during the summer and only working at the at the store a couple days a week, uh, just to kind of maintain my status. But uh, but yeah, uh, and I got this album from Ryan Whitfield. He let me borrow it, you know, because I'm like, oh man, this band, the Killers. Like, yeah, I got the album. You got to listen to it. Um, it would make sense that he would be the one <laughs> to give you this album. It it, it would. <laughs> it would. Um, but I just, I just remember when I listened to it, just each track, especially the first five, five or six on this album, just like it, it just exponentially like built 
from one to the other to the other. And I just remember being like, you know, by the time all these things that I've, you know, all these things that I've done come out, comes on, I just, I had to like step away. I was like, I just can't take any more of it. I can't, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's where I was. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. For me, I was so it came out in two thousand four. I was what twenty three at that point. I was uh, partying a lot, mid college years. Uh, my wife and I were. That was an early part of our relationship. We got together in two thousand one. So uh, she was there, and you know we were just getting to know each other, meeting each other, all of us here at that time. Um, so yeah, it was a good. It was a good time. You know, your young 20s, especially for me, because I was, you know, far from home. I was the kid who left to go to school and I was sort of here on my own and finding my way through the city in, in the early 2000s. And by the time this came around, I had figured out wh who I was and where I was going uh, and sort of cemented myself here and, and started building this circle of friends back then. So, yeah, it's, it was a, a unique time in all of our lives, I think. When you look back compared to now i mean i'm in my 40s now so thinking back 20 years ago it's a different time for sure for sure real quick real quick no real quick mr yeah, brightside was released september 29th 2003 okay so it preceded the whole album release yeah so it did precede the album release so not that far off in terms of my timeline that from makes what sense. i was referencing that so does that, make that. a little bit more sense because i did not know you guys when that song came out yet i didn't start working at the u until for another month a couple months later yeah yeah no uh i mean it makes sense uh, uh a car accident and then all the drinking and partying we were all doing at that time in our lives they kind of blend they kind of go but uh yeah no that was um i was i was uh at the supple age of 19 when this album came out, small and child, I was eighteen when this came out. Now this is interesting uh, because it's, it never really comes up a lot. But I am the youngest of the four of us, um, not significantly. I'm not going to pull up uh, a whole thing here, but it is. But it is enough to say. Well, yeah, I was like literally when we first met each other in 2003. When I first met Mac and Jafar, um, uh, I had just graduated high school. Like a few months before that, I, I met her when I was 16. 17 something along those lines so in that vicinity i think it was the, the month of my 17th birthday but yeah this was like one of those weird like just discovering how to be not a kid and i'm still working out 20 years fucking later <laughs> Drink to but that it, too. you'll get there someday it yeah, takes a little while but you'll get there <laughs> yeah one, all of a sudden i'm gonna be like oh, shit i'm old but <laughs> Working on it slowly, but no, yeah, uh, it is time, man. Working at Toys R Us, um, the summer chasing girls, trying my hardest, trying my damnedest, having weeknight parties with you fuckers. The, the uh, thing is, the thing is, Noah, is that you know, as much as you were chasing the ladies, I distinctly remember a lot of those ladies were chasing you. They follow me sometimes. It was it was oh, yeah. it was one of those things that that, <laughs> that several <laughs> uh, that several of us could not quite understand what what was what was in the water, uh, or where where you were concerned. <laughs> it's like so and so at the store. It's like oh yeah, uh, no, she's 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 into Noah, like she's fucking crazy, but she's like 
sending Noah this, that, and the other thing. Because we didn't really have like cell cell phones weren't quite the thing yet. So you weren't sending Mm-mm. pictures or stuff to each other. You're lucky to have texts at that point. <laughs> yeah. You know? But like yeah, you were you were you were you were slim back in those I days. Was, you know, did all right back in the day. At Toys R Us this summer that this came out was the first time that a girl ever took a uh, picture of herself nude with the Toys R Us Polaroid camera that was branded with the Jeffrey background and left it in my locker for me, which was a nice discovery that summer. It was a weird time, but I enjoyed it. I never heard that. I've never heard that yeah, story. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Also, related, related. I don't think you've ever had to been pulled in by the managers at Toys R Us that said, listen, you got to stop dating the women at Toys R Us because they're to break up with you. They're just quitting and not calling. And we can't handle the turnover. So please stop dating the women at Toys R Us. To which I said, we'll see. <laughs> As I sit by Margarita. But it was it was a fun time. It was a fun uh, time. A lot of, lot of parties. Yeah. A lot of getting to know the people that would eventually... People that were like you're all wrapped up in. And we really haven't seen much since those days. Yeah. And then also, the people that we've been... The, the, the thick of us here. That we've been together forever. Mm-hmm. since then and, and we'll probably die old men remembering the time that you know we got so drunk at the Whitfield party that we had to hang on to the shag carpet so we didn't fall into the ceiling <laughs> you know good time well, then, but uh, yeah. I gotta I gotta say guys so so the first what was the first song that you heard from this band because this is a debut album so presumably the first songs that we all fucking heard came from this record so what was what was the first killer song that you ever heard Jafar, lead us off. Yeah, so for me, uh, Somebody Told Me was the first song that I remember hearing. I know Mr. Brightside was out before that, but I didn't recall hearing that or seeing it on TV or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I remember, I think it was the ex that played it when I heard it the first time. And it it had a little bit of a different sound uh, compared mm-hmm. to everything that out, that was out there. And, you know, it's a band out of Vegas, so they have sort of that, that Vegas lounge singer swag that they were layering on to some rock but also some like synth pop and it was all sort of melding these genres together and and i I dug it um like i said i think mr brightside was a much bigger hit once it hit but i think when i first heard uh somebody told me that mr brightside hadn't quite hit the level that it ended up hitting shortly thereafter no man and that song still hasn't gone away no. Will it ever? Time will tell. No, no, no. Uh, Doc, how about you? What's the first killer song that you uh, remember? Yeah. Uh, much like Jeff, I'm confident the first time I heard any of their music was on the radio. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Somebody Told Me. That's the one that sticks out. And it could just be the one I've heard the most on the radio. Maybe that's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, and, but much like Mac, uh, uh, you know, our mutual friend, Ryan Whitfield, uh, he had suggested the album to me, and I went out and bought it uh, because at that time, especially, like I was really exploring different types of music that I really didn't grow up listening to. So I was like, I kind of dug the vibe from, you know, somebody told me, even I didn't understand the song at all, but I really liked it. Uh, and I went and picked up the album. So, uh, and I'm all about, you know, blending genres and different sounds together. And sometimes it's a win, sometimes a loss. Not everything can be a hit. Uh, but yeah, def- I feel confident now even saying it now, like somebody told me definitely what I heard first. What about you, Mac? 
You know, it's 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 funny because like for some reason in my mind, somebody told me was the first single off this album, and then Mr. Brightside was the second. Like that's that's kind of how I remember it. But yeah. you know, in doing my research for this, that's that's not how it was. Mr. Brightside was definitely the first one, and I probably it probably was. I'm going to say it was probably TRL because this this mm. video has has you know Eric Roberts in it. And he's kind of the mm-hmm. he's kind of the you know the, uh, the the pimp, if you will, you know uh, the madam from the from the house, you know, in the story that they kind of tell in the um, in the music video. So I think that's probably one of the first exposures I had to them. And then again, I was just listening to it on the radio, and and it was one of those jokes where so they used to be able to do like long distance dedications or something on the X, yeah. And this one, and I'm just, I remember driving, Jeff, I was actually, I remember where I was when this happened. I don't know why I have such a vivid memory of this, but it was over by where you live now. I'm like driving by like the dentist office and stuff, heading down towards like uh, the trolley tracks and stuff. And uh, this guy's like, I want to dedicate this song. Somebody told me to this person because, uh, or to my buddy, because I guess his buddy like hooked up with the transvestite and he didn't tell him. So this was their way of telling them, you know, <laughs> somebody told me that you had a boyfriend that looked like a girlfriend, you know, and like that was the whole thing. And it's, that's really fucking funny that they're telling their buddies that they hooked up with a tranny um, because of, you know, through this song. So, um, but yeah, that's that's one of those my my first kind of real distinct memories of of uh, of the album. And, you know, I, I think it's kind of important to know, let let the listeners know here, too. Um, none of us r- truly had that like normal college experience per se you know jeff you had you were closest of of the four of us um but none of us went really to a to like a major school and and lived on campus and had the dorm room experience and and kind of did all that so like we were we were all kind of our own like college friends really mm-hmm. And you know the the parties and stuff, and the partying that we did was really like what our college college parties would have would have been like. So you know us all kind of discovering this album around the same time and kind of through each other, um, you know, makes I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially when you when uh, when you think about like the, the perception of it, uh, because uh, just to be true, I have the note on here that I feel like this album has kind of been co opted by white dudes in fitted baseball caps at frat parties. Uh, at least it was at a time that it came out. It's like, oh my god, you all killers, bro. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like it but now because you like it. I feel like I have to like it less. <laughs> you know, one of those types of, types of deals. But yeah, same thing. Somebody told me on the alternative station here in Pittsburgh. I remember distinctly being in my car when I heard that intro for somebody told me. And uh, I got a, I got a soft I have a penchant a soft spot for synthesizers. So immediately when you hear a synthesizer, I'm like, go on. And the song was a banger, you know. And it still is. It's overplayed banger because we've all heard it 150 thousand times since it came out. But putting yourself where you first heard it, it was enough for your eyes to still be talking about it to this day. So fun stuff but you know what i'd say if if the other guys are totally okay with this i know that i have a one major note is that i am unable to hear this album nay this band without thinking of mac i equate the killers to mac in my heart and my mind uh there's been times where you've had control of the jukebox or the ipod 
at a party back in the day and fucking songs from this record would be amongst the things you would put on. Oh, oh, for sure. Absolutely. So what I would like to do is what we do here on the show is we kind of go through the album track by track, talk about it, talk about our loves, our hates. Um, uh, the highlight of the Muse episode for me personally, listening to it back, was Jeff saying hoodoo, more like hoodoo. Is doo-doo. Doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, if you would, if you would lead us, be, be our shepherd through the fields of hot fuss and as we discuss this bad boy track by track would you, would you do that for me gentlemen I, I would be i'd be happy to uh yeah there is you know what we're gonna we'll, we'll tell you a little bit back everybody take you all the way back to the early 2000s Ooh. when the uh first generation ipod was first black released. and white screen um that's right back when back when you still most music was still owned on cds mm-hmm. You know, and the only things you could do on your iPod were download your CDs onto it and then purchase a couple of songs here and there. Uh, so, yeah, every every time that I had control of the jukebox when we went to a bar or uh, if we're playing one of my playlists, there's absolutely uh, one, two or three songs from this album that uh, that definitely showed up. Um, I have this album, guys, uh, and to our wonderful listeners, um, you know, when you have that. You go you have those conversations with people, and you know, maybe this is more our generation now, not necessarily you know the younger generation. So like if you're on a deserted island, and you can only take three albums with you, or there's only five albums with you that you would have to listen to over and over again, what would it be? This was always on on my list. This album. This is one of my. This is one of my top five because I I think from start to finish, um, I think it's a very strong album. Uh, I also have the the re-release that has the songs uh glamorous indie rock and roll on it which i love the ballad of michael valentine which i love uh just kind of adds to it right but we'll go ahead and kick things off here let's let's uh let's go ahead to track one mm-hmm. jenny was a friend of mine um first song off the album uh it kind of it kind of lays in that that's that vegas feel to it right um and, 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 you know, you don't, yeah. there aren't a lot of, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, you don't have a lot of bands that have come out of Vegas. Not in the alt not a, Yeah, not in that and, genre. Yeah. That's for sure. No, no I, yeah. I think, it's, I think I would be bold to say is they're the definitive alternative Vegas band. Um, you have a lot of LA sounds. Oh, God, everyone knows what an LA sound is. They, they pick a genre and say LA, and you can name a thousand bands. And to a certain extent, uh, the edgier it is, you want to say that with New York. Um, you can even say Chicago has a distinctive flavor, but you really don't get a lot of Vegas stuff that isn't like crooner, big band stuff, which all, all respect to that. But the, this, that, within the first minute of Jenny was a friend of mine, it, it sets mm-hmm. vibe. It sets like a definitive vibe that like, oh, oh this is, <laughs> in retrospect, when you listen to you're like, okay, back in the minute, but now listen to him, like, oh, God. A bunch of people ripped off the sound from this first song and just decided to do an album. And I'm looking at you, the bravery. <laughs> and I like the bravery, but you know what you oh. fucking did. No. You're just like, they, they started. They started Jenny with a friend of mine. They got 30 seconds and they're like, all right, let's go. Just do this for the rest of our lives. We'll just do that. No, they do. Uh, I, I, I would like to go on record and just say how much I fucking hate the bravery. Yeah, I, I saw them alive. They... They were yep. one of the opening bands on one of the Lincoln early Lincoln Park tours, and they were fucking horrible. It was so bad. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, they were at an Oz Fest that I went to, and I was really excited to see them. Um, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> no, oh, uh. I remember I, I, them. I remember them at. I, I want to say like when Lollapalooza kind of came back, and um, they had it was Audio Slave co-headlining mm. with Jane's Addiction, right? Mm. And like <laughs> somehow on that card. With with a perfect circle, huh? And and southern hands that were on there, um, the fucking bravery having to get on there. And I just remember, like, ladies and gentlemen, the bravery. And I just fucking left. I just got up and walked away. Like I'm gonna go. I don't have to shit, but I'm going to. <laughs> it's like that's the only time in your life you've ever been tempted to do coke in the bathroom of a concert. It's like because you got a fucking show. You're you're you're, you're telling me you got a show with Chris Cornell and Maynard James Keenan and Perry Farrell on it. And then you got to fucking sit through the bravery to get to that shit. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But you, yeah. But yeah, the yeah bravery, they were. Yeah. They, yeah they, just, they took they, they, again. They, they picked Jetty was a friend of mine and they've based an entire career on it. So you could say the killers definitely defined an era. The bravery's era, for better or worse. But it's a good start to a record, man. It's a good solid song. It is on neither my favorite songs on the record or my least favorite songs on the record. It perfectly sets it up, like you know, it it doesn't it doesn't start it too low to where you're disinterested, but it lets the record peak after it by by starting with the song, and uh, and and this really kind of one of the only other notes I have about the song is that the production on this album is way better than i remember it this album is better than i remember it being from the time you know when this is back when you listen to a cd while you were cruising around and if you listen to certain songs because you picked them to put on your ipod or a mix um but listening to it the whole way this is well produced and it sets a, a space you guys know what i mean like you get a whole space that kills playing and jenny was a friend of mine really sets that up for the rest of the record yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the production. So I guess one of the producers on the album had never produced an album before, but it was like a friend of the band. So they let him in there, and the first song that he did, he added like this slight echo effect to Brandon Flowers' vocal. Okay. And they played the track back, and they liked it so much that that effect is on every single song in this album. <laughs> Digital production, well, man. Like, shoot. <laughs> well, that 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 were also saying here too like Brendan Flowers was interviewed you know years after the album came out and you know he was quoted as saying that when he heard the Strokes album um, is this it which um, you know came out right around the time that that their album was coming out um, he was so depressed because he heard that album he's like man it just sounded so perfect that he didn't think what they created was going to be able to come anywhere close to to that. And, you know, I, I don't have bad things to say about the Strokes. I have some good things to say about the Strokes. Sometimes when I listen to their songs, I feel like I'm also having a stroke. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think back on the Strokes in terms of that time of music as being as... <laughs> You know, uh, memorable <laughs> as as the killer's point. I didn't see that coming. Oh, no, we weren't ready for that. <laughs> well, you broke Noah a little bit. <laughs> Good job. Now he's having that a stroke. Was, Great that job. Involuntarily response. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know if I smell toast. 
but yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the strokes were a trendsetter uh, of that time. Yeah. John Jones, what do you think of the first oh. track? Uh, it's a good song, man. Like the first like minute, minute fifteen, so good. It, it's a really good vibe. Like I don't who's no, I don't. Know if it, it's like his the his whole vibe. Uh, it's unfortunate vibe shits a lot, but it's all vibe. And I actually feel like even though this is a really good album or a song to start an album with, I feel like it's not the best song. That I feel like there's a much better, more appropriate song that would have set the, the table a little bit better. But this song. Just the beat, the melodies, just so, it's just like you just bob your head to it. It's really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so right now, and just put it out there real quick. Uh, so there are no, uh, there's no confusion. Uh, my feelings on this album as a whole hmm. is this is like a, a story of two different albums. It feels like I have just, the same note. This is like. I don't know if I've ever listened to an album that starts so good, so strong, so amazingly, and just drops so hard in such a negative, unexpectedly, almost abrasive way uh, than this album. And I was really surprised and a little pressed by it. Um, we're going to get there. But my my feelings on it are not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually kind of <laughs> angry that I had to listen to this. <laughs> to be honest with you, genuinely, so, I was. Uh, so my have... notes were very. But anyhow, they, they just it just starts to read like a good, a for, good for a song. Yeah. <laughs> what What was great too, Jones, is that as you're saying that your camera froze for just a second when you're just your eyes were really big. It was like. <laughs> Madness, and then it, then it like clicked over just with that your awesome. with your anger of the of the two different albums. Um, I think it's interesting to kind of know that the way that this album came together, um, that there there's a lot going on mm-hmm. this album, and you know um, the, the 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 guys are often uh, it's said that this album was really a bunch of demos, just kind of flung together. Um, so, you know, if, if there seems to be a, a lack of kind of coherence necessarily from, from track to track, um, that's kind of why, you know, they, they really didn't have a, you know, a, other than, Hey, we're a Las Vegas rock band and we have a vibe. Jenny was a friend of mine is going to introduce you to that vibe. Uh, and where we're going to go from here, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we don't really even know, but just you know, strap yourselves in. Let's go for a ride, and let's let's see how you feel when we get to the end of this thing, right? Um, Jenny was a friend of mine, also, gentlemen. Uh, is the first of three songs that the band recorded that was a part of their so-called murder trilogy, which uh, details fictional storytelling of a woman who was murdered by a jealous boyfriend. Her name was Jenny. Yeah, her name was Jenny. She may have Spoiler. been a friend yeah. of Brendan Flowers. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but that song. Um, and let me see. Where's my other note here? Um, Leave the bourbon on the shelf, which appears on B sides and rarities compilation Sawdust, and then um, Midnight Show was also a part of that that so-called murder trilogy that they kind of wrote. But again, not necessarily having coherence in terms of how the uh, album's kind of put together, so. 
Yeah, and also starts the trend of weird, excessive use of first names in the hooks of your song uh, <laughs> that they like to do on this. I can't believe they couldn't get, like, Wilson shoehorned in there. Uh, Jenny was a friend of mine. Andy is a star. Believe me, Natalie. Wilson owes me money. Was probably a song cut from this fucking record. It's like, if you ever watch a Guy Ritchie movie? Like, Guy Ritchie movies, every character refers to every other character by their first name in every line. Hello, George. Hello, John. How are you today, John? Not too bad, George. It's like, it's a fucking, that's the killer's lyrics. You you just did half the dialogue for Snatch. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just right there. <laughs> So, but it's, I mean, boss it's, the <laughs> you shouldn't drink milk, Avi. Why not, Tony? Because it's not good for you, Avi. Fucking riveting dialogue in those movies and uh, fucking riveting uh, lyrics in the killer song bus. One in the same. <laughs> I, I will be, so, I will next we have Mr. Brightside. <laughs> way, to way to rail that back in. <sighs> just, yeah, let's do that. Coming out of my cage, and I was. You guys just will just keep going, you know? Yeah. Now, this this song's a freaking classic. Oh, man. it is. Sure. It is like it is one of the most fun to, songs to sing when you're drunk in a bar mm-hmm. or at like a karaoke place. And I mean, you know, rightfully so. It's the killer's best selling song of all time. Um, and it's 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 a jam, man. You know, I was at a wedding in December. And uh, to a co-worker of mine, uh, two co-workers of mine, actually, Christian and Nicole. And this song came on near the end of the night. The DJ played this. And the entire fucking reception got on the dance floor. Everybody put their arms around each other. And at the top of our lungs, belted this song. And, and, that, and that in itself, to me, is a legacy of this. You know, it's, it's, it's songs that can get played at weddings, obviously, for a lot of different reasons, and you, you have memories of them. But this isn't like one of those kind of songs, but, you know, everybody knows it. Everybody knows every single word. Like, the DJ even stopped it for a point and brought the audio down and let the whole floor just take it. And and nobody nobody missed a beat. Nobody missed a single lyric of this. Um, yeah, this this song, so much fun. So such a uh, music video to this, I think, is great, too. Um, And um, my second favorite song off the album. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Strong second. Mm -hmm. I'm about to uh, jeopardize my position (laughs) as the true baby face of this podcast. When I say that the only time I can fucking tolerate this song. Yeah. Right. Uh, is when I'm fucking shit face hammered. Because let me be real for a second. <clears throat> I fucking hate this song. And I don't hate very many things in my life. This song is a weeping bro on your back porch crying because somebody's fucking this girl that they never had the balls to talk to. And they're upset and they quote Mr. Bright. So let me just tell you, this song is the fucking cucks national anthem. But that this is the national. Ooh, that's not the song. It's actually sounds about. No, he walked into a, a bar and his girlfriend was in there with somebody else. I don't care what the song. Is. It's a true story. I don't care. I'm sure he <laughs> did. Did he mention Mr. Brightside by his first fucking name like every other song on this record? No, this fucking yeah, song. Yeah, it was Steve. Steve Brightside <laughs> is one. And it, this is the fucking pinnacle <laughs> of when I think about the fucking killers and. 
uh, and I get excited about some of the songs on this record. Now, believe me, I'm going to get really excited about some of the songs on this record. And then it fucking drags me down to earth. I was like, okay, and then that fucking song stopped. And I forgot that it had happened so early in the record. I, for some reason, in my brain, thought it went right from Jenny into somebody told me. And I had a little bit more time to get prepared from this. This fucking song kills me. Guys, I fucking hate this song. Now, if we're ever hammered at a bar again, if it ever happens, and this song comes on, and I'm several shots deep, I will fucking sing it. Of course, I don't. I you you hate it, but you know the words exactly, and that's what Dave's point was. Exactly, I know the words. I also fucking know the words of the moderator, <laughs> and I fucking know the words to the electric slide. But I'm not gonna sit there and the, fucking wait, wait. jam it on my spare time. No. I'm I'm calling bullshit. You do not know the words of the fucking Macarena. I'm you know the dance of the Macarena. Those are not words. Hey Macarena. That's all you fucking need. Just killed your own argument. There is no argument. It doesn't need to be. I just don't like the song, and I feel strongly about it. It's what. It's the only hit of the Killers that whenever I hear it, I immediately turn it off. And I'm not trying to say that. I, here's the thing. Are you ready for this? I'm not even saying it's a bad song. It's a good song. I just don't fucking like it. Let me tell you what. The English Patient is a good movie that I can't fucking stand. Fuck that movie. <laughs> okay. This. Oh, my God. Here it is. <clears throat> the headline for this fucking show. The Mr. Brightside is the English Patient of fucking songs. Okay. And fucking take that to the bank. That's all I got. I feel like, I feel like this. I feel like you mentioned the English patient at some point in time during the Children of Men episode, and I think it. You're waiting 34 episodes to get a chance to bring it back up again. That's long-term <laughs> booking, okay? Are we paying off. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's just certain things you got to do. You know, I Jeff. What are your What are your thoughts on this album? What do you What are your thoughts on this one, Jeff? I like it. Like I said, it's one of those songs where when it comes on, everybody sings along, and it doesn't matter of age like it's not just our generation that sings along it's people younger than us people older than us everybody just fucking knows it a lot of times i think they don't even know how they know it it's just they've heard it so many times that they fucking know it um but i like the song it's not my favorite song on the album like i said even though it's their their biggest song um but luckily luckily for no for sure the biggest song it got out of the way early yeah it did it did and made it paved the way for much shittier songs that are to come. <laughs> and they, they mm-hmm. indeed they are to come. Mm-hmm. It is my second <laughs> least favorite song on the record, but I would then, because a big thing that we'll we'll bring up in later episodes because we've talked about it in early episodes, is there's a difference between f- something being your favorite and something being the best. Right. I mean, good. Some of us pay attention to that. Other ones not. Spoiler for the future. But the idea that um, that I can recognize that it's not my favorite, but it is a good song. Um, I swear to God, it was in like three FIFA games, which may be why so many people could have fucking been. know, or an NHL game, or something like that. But yeah, it's um, it is what it is. But it is definitely not the shittiest song on this record. God, that's yeah, and it, it. I could see it being a FIFA game because the Killers are so much bigger in the UK, even though they're US, they're US US based band. Mm-hmm. Like they've had so much more critical success in the UK than they have here. Um, over there, they've hit number one on the top Billboard charts. Here, they never have. Yeah, the the UK and and uh, I think it's Q Magazine 
Um, the 250 greatest albums from 1986 to 2010 in the UK. They have this at number seven. There you go. That's yeah. They, unfortunate. They, they well, hey, you low know, standard. <laughs> Rolling Stone. Look, Rolling Stone has this album rated pretty high too. Uh, top 100 Is it albums. In the top 10. The, in terms of the 10, 10 greatest 10. album debuts of all time, they have this at number nine. Oh my hmm. god. And Rolling Stone. So yeah, that's also I disappointing. Mean, yeah, did they I, I don't know to the that I would think that. so. There's no way they did. Well, uh, it, it could have skipped after track six. I mean, I don't know. This is this is the same. This is the same magazine that, when putting together the top 100 albums of the 20th century, number one was a Pet Shop. Uh, was a uh, uh, Pet Sounds by the the Be uh, Beach Boys. So, I mean, and it, that means it had to beat out everything ever done by Led Zeppelin, which immediately fucking <laughs> get the fuck out of here, right? It, it, I mean, name literally any other fucking record to come out since the dawn of recorded music. And that's the number one. Fuck you. No disrespect to, the, to Brian Wilson, but fuck you, Rolling Stone. Fuck off. But it makes sense with the UK because, like, their alternative scene is incredible. Always has been. Like the early 2000s, like Kasabian and Oasis and all that shit. Like, that's incredible. So to make it big there during that incredible scene, that does say a lot to, to the appeal. You, you know, but in the same respect, too. Sorry, Dave, to but I'm also going to make fun of the killers here for yeah, a second. I mean, British taste is renowned to be terrible. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt, you know. I mean, they put beans on toast for breakfast. You heard That's 100% me, right? what I was going to say. They put beans on fucking toast. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. fucking heard me. Listen, Jones, there, there's a time in our lives where we'd look in the pantry and all we would have would be fucking beans and, and a half a loaf of bread. And you thought about it. You maybe didn't do it, but you thought about it. No. No. I never have beans. No, in I the never pantry. thought about it. <laughs> never yeah, but just about going it. back to, you know, how not great this album is. So the, it was nominated for five Grammys. And one zero, and if you if oh. you go back to uh, the cartoon episode, unless you're giving out fucking participation trophies, Dave, which you kept saying over and over <laughs> again, this album should not be on any list. It's not a hey, Dave. How many gold globes did this album? It won uh, as many as uh, I'm. You know what? I I don't even want to say the end. No, I, I, I was going to make an insult about your mom, and I just didn't want to do it. Early in the I just back up. This album's going to get worse, we'll, so, we'll so save it later. I'll we'll save it for later. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, uh, and so, keep moving so, along. Yeah, we'll Smile like ain't it. So wait, that, now, the only thing I had to say about Bright Side, outside of it's a classic song, it's, you know, it's, it's chaotic. It reminds me of, you know, the old days being young, is that I felt pretty strongly about the theme of it and the, the, the ridiculousness of the song that I used it as a soundtrack for one of the music videos that I, I used to do for the parties we would throw back in the day. And uh, so forever, it'll be an infamy videos. for that reason alone yeah. in my mind. Um, no one will ever see those videos ever again, obviously. Wait, wait. Because uh, we all have jobs. Wait, 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 wait. The implication of that yeah. is that do you still have them? I have them. I do. Oh, I gave you a CD copy at one point, Noah. I'm pretty confident. You gave us all copies of them, Noah. I mean, 
Uh, well, uh, let me just go ahead and say that bold, bold choice for you to give me a CD <laughs> and expect me to know or a DVD copy, whatever what the fuck it, was. it is, and what to do with it. Yeah. I don't know, but we're gonna have we're gonna revisit this sometime. We're gonna have a live stream viewing party of one of these things. I think we uh, will probably uh, never do that. <laughs> listen, if I show up to drink with you and I have all of our recording equipment in my car. It's gonna be good. We're gonna. Pull oh this my out. god! Like, okay. Just... Well, I mean, as long as I mean, we can we can as a group sit and watch them and and, and make fun of them. Sure, we can do that. Yes, over the internet. Uh, but yes, there, you mean it. Uh, there, there's definitely footage of on those uh, music videos, Jones, of at least one or two of our friends, as Noah described, uh, sitting outside the party, howling at the moon about how he could not get the girl that he wanted to get at the party. So uh, that that definitely <laughs> good. This this may be true, but that's all on the cutting room floor, and those were never included. Those clips were never included in any of the music videos, thankfully, because I'm a good friend. No. Oh, I would have kept that. Oh. <laughs> he didn't say it's gone. He oh, just said it didn't man. make it into oh. the video. Yeah. No, yeah. There's a hard drive yeah. somewhere. Somewhere. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah there is. Well, I have the drive. physical tapes still. The, I, I have DVs. all of the oh, tapes God. still. I have them all oh, still. Like, Oh my God! We're gonna have a conversation yeah. about the lost treasure. I have hours. But speaking of hours and hours of parties, hours of it. At oh one point, God. you took uh, more than one occasion. Though, you just took my camera and just would for yeah, extended period of time. I have no memory of this, which meant that the parties were very good parties. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> we were. We were. We were two bottles of vodka in at that point, Noah. Two bottles of Vladimir. Yeah, right? <laughs> you, could, a, you can't even legally call that me. vodka anymore. <laughs> Like that's hand- literally they just took what we drank in 2004 uh, and call it hand sanitizer now. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so smile like you mean smile it. Smile like you mean it. Right. So I feel like this should have been like the opening track. I, I, I this is my favorite song the whole album. This is Easily. also my favorite song on uh, the whole album. It's just got a good vibe. Like just everything about it. It's got a roll down your window summer drive vibe to it. And I think that would have been a really cool way to open the album. Uh, not, again, not to say that Jenny with Friend of Mine was a bad open, but I feel like this, I would have enjoyed that more in terms of the ordering of the album. But uh, this it's a good song. It feels good. But actually, it's funny, going back and listening to this album now, like when I listened to it a few days ago, it, it's this is the first time I've listened to the entirety of the album in again, like most of the subjects we, we cover in or however many many years. So, not like you mean it, I kind of forgot all about it, and it's a fucking jam. I, I'm like way more than any other songs I thought I really enjoyed previously, so kudos to the killers, because the it, it's a good, it's composed well, the, the lyrics are good, the, the beat, the melody, everything just comes together. Um, and then uh, I have a little star here, because it slowly starts to decline from this point, unfortunately. But we're not quite there yet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, this is also my favorite song on the uh, album. It didn't used to be. If you had asked me, um, you know, years ago, what's my favorite song on the record, uh, we'll get to that here in a few minutes. And it still ranks pretty high up there, the other one. But this, uh, listening back, as I do for all of our music, I listen to it twice. Once in one sitting, and then I and then I pick it apart as I go about my day, days after that. And this was the one I'm like, God damn it, this, this is my favorite song on the record. It fucking goes. Um, it's the only song, like, in, uh, 
that I didn't know that I knew the lyrics to all of the lyrics to until it started playing. I'm like, Oh, I know all the words. Why do I know all the words to this fucking song? Okay, let's get it. And it was great. Uh, and <laughs> for all the, how upset I am about Mr. Brightside and I am upset. Uh, it's the exact opposite sensation with a smile. Like you mean it. Good song. Good jam. That's, that's kind of, that had to be a big yeah. swing for you, Noah, going from worst or second worst song on the album to your favorite song on the album. Just like that. Yeah. It, maybe maybe that's something to do with it. Like, oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Anything. Like, then again, too, after Mr. Brightside, if someone had run up and punched me right in the dick, I might have thought, oh, man, an improvement over what just happened to me. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> mm. Jafar, how, how do you feel about it? No, um, I, I, I agree with what uh, you and Doc said. I, I love this song. It's not my favorite song on the album, but uh, I jam to it every time. I got nothing bad to say about it at all. It's a great, it's a great song. Yeah, I will. I'm just going to follow that up as well. I'll echo that sentiment. Um, you know, I, I, I like just the, the different places this song takes you as it kind of goes through, you know, there's, there is a, 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 a quite a bit going on in the song and uh, yeah, I just really enjoy it. So somebody told me, that Jafar, you wanted to go ahead and lead us off about this next song, which is also <laughs> somebody told me. <laughs> I don't know who told you that, but nice, nice segue. <laughs> it could have been Andy. It could have been Natalie. It could have been Jenny. It could have been any of them. Could have been, been Steve Brightside. Steve <laughs> Brightside. Can we please? Can that be a teacher, please? <laughs> Just Steve, Steve Brightside. What I'll do is I'll get somebody to make a picture of somebody. Like hushed over, clearly drunk and crying over what definitely is the Whitfield's back porch, and it just says hugs and kisses, comma Steve Brightside. <laughs> I think that's a fucking T-shirt coming soon to the Nothing Good merch stand. Nice, Steve nice. Brightside. Oh, uh, yeah. So somebody told me, like I mentioned earlier, it's the first song that I remember hearing uh, from the Killers. I remember it slapping then and slaps now. Um, it's one of those songs that aged really well. I think yeah. even though nobody, I still don't think anybody knows exactly what the fuck it means. Lyrically. <laughs> um, no. But yeah. But yeah, that, I, I love this song. I, I always have, I stand by it. Yeah. I have, um, I have a few notes about, it. obviously, as we all said earlier, it is the first song. Most of us, all of us heard from the band. Um, it still has a vibe. It still immediately gets you jazzed up with that intro um but i also i gotta give brendan flowers uh uh uh, uh, brandon excuse me flowers a little credit uh i love when people put weird words in a song and in the hook and make it work and february is an an insanely difficult song the whole uh word to pull off in a hook of a song uh so kudos kudos i also have no idea what the fuck the song is about and at this point i'm afraid to ask i don't really want to know you know, Dave, if you know in your thing, I don't really care. We all have our own ideas. Right. You know, it's like Phil Collins. Did Phil Collins watch some guy? Yeah. Did Phil watch some <laughs> guy wash another guy drown? Uh, we'll never know. Even if he says no, I'm still going to like, going to believe it. Right. It's such a fucking urban myth. That's in, so in Dan, they said it happened. So I believe it. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it, I mean, I would say I, I would give Mr. Brightside the nod for being the most iconic song on this record. Love it or hate it. We don't know how I feel. But God, if th- this song is so close. 
on that vicinity to being just like iconically classic. You know where you were and where you are every time that song comes on. And it's Jammer. Downs. Mm. So, eight, you know, 18 or so years later, uh, it's now the most overrated track on the Sour album for me. Uh, I was really excited to listen to it for the first time in a long time. And then when it played, I just was like, it's about what I remember. And not exciting. Uh, and I don't know if that's because Smile Like You Minute like, really has changed for me. That mm. going to something that I was really excited about and just realize uh, I started liking it way more. Um, and I'll just growth and maturity and change in how you are, who you are as a person. It's not like I don't like, again, it's, it's a fine song. It's fun, uh, but it's definitely not what I remember it to be. Um, unfortunately, uh, yet again, I'm going to just going to put a little check mark here. We're getting close to the end of all things here. Well, not to Halloween Havoc and the awfulness that was. Oh my That's god! The awfulness that is this album. We're getting real fucking. Uh, we're, 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 getting close we're, we're getting to some bad, bad emotions. We're getting real here. close to monster trucks. Is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> oh my god! We're, fucking yeah, we're getting Yoda close guy. to the fucking. We're getting close to the Yeti, Dave. We're getting close to the Yeti. We're getting close to the giant close block of fucking this. ice. It's not going to end well. <laughs> what about you, Mac? Um, Lover of all things killers. Lover of all things killers. Uh, you know, I, I again, you know, it's it's uh, it's hard for me to have some bad things to say about this. Again, this is uh, the the first song of theirs that I really remember kind of getting into. And uh, again, just just you know, in the chorus, you know, just how absurd that whole thing kind of just was coming, being put together. And, you know, like I said, I, I don't know what it means. Um, I, I don't really want to know what it means. I, I don't really care what it means, but it's just, you know, um, I, I just really enjoy the song. I mean, this is probably, I would say my, I'd say this is probably my fourth favorite. You know, I, the, the, the front, the front side of this album, I think, you know, giving it a, an honest listen to, because it's, it's been a while since I've really listened to this from start to finish, but, um, you know, the album still holds a place for me, but I, I will acknowledge that, you know, my feelings about it this, this far out, um, it's definitely a tale of two albums. I think the first half of the album is, is extremely strong. Uh, and then, of course, you know, there's the second half, which I still enjoy, but I, I can acknowledge it's not as strong as you know, maybe even I remember it. But, yeah, I, I, I again, I got nothing, uh, nothing but good things to say about uh, somebody told me it's, it's really the thing that brought me into this band. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at this album and, you know, we're obviously going to get into the second half here shortly, but if you listen to the direct hits album which was their greatest hits album the whole first half of this album is on there and none of the second half is on there um and i mean they fucking know <laughs> they know yeah. it. they know what they, they did they, they know what they fucking <laughs> did yeah uh but yeah but getting yeah, to night. song number five all the things that i've done for me this is actually my favorite song on this album oh. uh you know it's it starts it's out good. with that single piano keynote and then it slowly ramps and it continues to ramp. And when the fucking choir hits with, I got sold, but I'm not a soldier. Like it just hits you. Mm -hmm. It's a jam, dude. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will rock out with the windows down to that song every time. Like, hands down. Uh, it's my favorite song on this album. It was then and it is now. It used to be my favorite. Uh, and listening back, it got uh, supplanted by a couple of tunes. But it's so cool because that single uh, piano key and then the big swell of the organ, yep. and which is interesting because there's so much other instrumentation in this record. But that is the first time uh, I, I really feel like your keys, which is a huge part of the killer sound, right, is the keyboards. It leads full on through in such a such an incredible way. And then when it kicks in with the drums, it's all. Oh, it's awesome. Also, shout out to the fact that this song is in the movie Southland Tales. For some reason, it makes no fucking sense that it's in that movie. Which is like that, that movie, movie makes no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense that Justin Timberlake slip syncs to the Killers in the middle of the fucking Donnie Darko follow up, and I fucking love it. And I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, banger, banger then, banger now. Yeah, and then the piano like that's such a the keyboard is such a unique component of the killer sound throughout all of their albums and i think this you know at least so far this was the first song that there really was a spotlight on that um and i i just think it's it's a it's so well done it's a great song start to finish for me it's where the album peaks and it drops off real fast um after this song uh but what do you guys think mac jones well, um, well I, I will say that I think that uh, if, if I may real quick, because I know Matt, I know you're going to go into uh, a lot with this song. Most likely, I'm going to make this brief really quick. Uh, it, you know, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Uh, it's probably the thing that stands out the mo- to me the most. I think it's 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 composed really well. A little too long a song for me. Uh, it's a couple tracks on the album. They're just like they're like five minutes and change. It's like, does this need to be this long? Um, but it's a good song, and much like Jeff said, this is pretty much the end. Like it, it's a sharp, steep, significant, <laughs> clear, unavoidable change in direction, composition, lyrical, like every everything. Everything's just bad from here on in. But uh, it's a good song. Just remember at the end, Jones. Everything will be all right. Everything. I won't. I don't It'll want to give you a spoiler, right. <laughs> and I'm very critical of this record, but I have to disagree on two things. I feel the sharp decline waits one more song because, spoiler, of my four favorite songs on this record, two of them happen after all these things that I've done. Huh. thought I knew you. I don't. <laughs> you do know And, and uh, when you allow me to elaborate, we'll get there. But Mac... Yeah, all these things that I've done, <laughs> slather some of that sauce on it. Come on, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and just pour it all over you, boys. Mm. Um, just, just nice, warm, little gooey. Ooh. You know, you know, I, I. So, absolutely, my favorite song off the album. Um, what I'll say about it because it, I, there's not a lot that I can say that you guys haven't already said, right? You know, coming at this point. This is the song that, you know, I would share with people. When I'd be like, you got to hear this fucking band, The Killers. This is the track I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Because from that single piano note to the fucking grandeur that the song closes and the build, you know, uh, Steph and myself and and the, a number of my, uh, my, my film friends here, um, 
not necessarily this group, but some other people I've been in school with and everything, you know, we got a little bit of affinity for, for Pitch Perfect when it came out because it was just an unexpected movie that was really entertaining. And there's always a line in there where, you know, um, they always talk about how the song really builds. And I always say that to Steph, but that's the song. It just fucking builds. Um, Spoiler alert, I do not like Pitch Perfect. Uh, I also do not. And you know what? And I say this because I'm in the mood to alienate my audience (laughs) here today. If you're the kind, I haven't done this in a while, so I apologize to all of us. It's overdue. It's overdue. If you're the kind of person who sits and goes, you know what? I'm really in the mood for a cinematic masterpiece. I'm going to put on fucking Pitch Perfect. Then there's only one thing (laughs) I've got to say to you. Stretch. You're not as zooming as you used to be. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Noah, Noah's going to grab a nice bag of popcorn and sit down and watch The English Patient. Uh, oh, yeah. The first half. Or, or at the very least, Bad Boys 2. Woo! Uh, Spoilers, <laughs> it's but, coming, folks. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, in when you listen to the song, and, and, I, and I'll say it, that the five strongest songs on this album are the first five. And, and I really like Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll, too. I think that should have been a song that made the made the original release of the album. It doesn't quite fit necessarily, but this album doesn't fit together. So, you know, if you're just throwing demos and singles together and, and calling it an album, fuck, put that one on there. It's better than, you know, some of the other ones they had they left on. But um, this was the one on the album that after listening to Jenny was a friend of mine, Mr. Brightside, which I had known, Smile Like You Mean It, I didn't. Again, somebody told me I did. And then you hear all these things that I've done. You're not expecting it. It, it, mm. it the, the way the song comes together, the way the fucking choir comes in at the end, and they just go fucking crazy, you know, um, you're just not expecting it. And I and I just remember, you know, like the first time I'm listening to it, I stopped listening to the rest of the album, which I think, you know, in terms of like Jeff and Herb, they probably felt that way too after listening to it over and <laughs> over again. But like, I just remember stopping it because I just couldn't get past that track. I just couldn't like if I go on my old iPod, you know, like my OG, that's number song number two or three of what I've listened to just the most over and over and over again. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fucking banger. It slaps. It's it, it was great. Then it's great. Now it's going to be great probably for the rest of my life. Uh, just It's great. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta kind of give respect that if you take the first five or six songs of this record and you cut it after that, um, it's probably one of the better EPs of the two thousands, flat out, and maybe ever, right? You know, like like when you think about yeah. just the, the the quality of songs. Unfortunately, as the album goes on, it it does take a couple of hits. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and jump in on something here. The next song is "Andy, You're a Star," and this is. It always has been my second favorite song on the entire record. I fucking love the vibe. This sometimes now now tell me if you guys are wrong. This is a serious question. Tell me if you guys are into this. Sometimes you get what I call sister songs. Songs that have similar vibes. Obviously, they're different songs and different artists, but that's that vibe that it inspires that you fucking enjoy. There is a song by the Gorillas off of the Demon Days album called "Every Planet We Reach Is Dead." which has that slow prodding kind of a feel. And Andy, You're a Star to me is the sister song from Every Planet We Reach is Dead. And I I fucking adore both songs. And I I just love how 
where this song comes after all the things that I've done. And it's like that song, big finish, big hyper grand kind of end to all these things that I've done. And then it's like this, dan, 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 dan. it's like, all right, let's refresh it. The problem I have, not to get too far ahead, is that it doesn't pick up after that, right? It stays down, which I think does Andy, you're a star a disservice. Because if you'd fucking taking taking let's say let's say you go with Joan's idea and you open with smile like you mean it. Then you take Jenny was a friend of mine and you drop it after Andy, you're a star, then you're back up. And that might actually do the songs that follow a little bit, but you're like, oh what the fuck is going on? And you know, for the rest of the album sounds like like when somebody's hollering you about the time they tried heroin. It's just like, oh Jesus Christ, can you get to the end of the story so we can fucking get I'm trying to eat chicken strips here, but I quite enjoy Andy. Here, so. <laughs> not, not to go hashtag suspiciously specific. Yeah, that was, or anything. That was oddly there, specific. There, on the there's a, there's there's a late night at Eaton Park, Noah, that Jim told us about. Tom's Diner. Fair. Yeah. When he used to come, when the chicken fingers came on a craft oh. with your sauces. Yep. Yeah. And I I used to get the cheese, and I'd get the marinara, so you can like kind of like have a little chicken parm. Action at two o'clock in the morning, just so that when you inevitably were so wasted that you threw up, you had that acid that burned your throat and your nose, you know, to really make you regret all of your decisions. <laughs> oh, I thought you were describing the last half of the album. Oh, the way it made you feel when you threw up. <laughs> oh, yeah, again. <laughs> well, let me get there. But uh, yeah, I liked Andy, uh, your star. I, I just think it got it got fucked by where it is on the record and what came after it. It's my opinion. Yeah, I think coming off a previous song, I think mm. it, it's hard to follow uh, a song with that type of energy. And the energy is so low on this song. I think that's what turned me off from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I shared with you guys recently that listening back to this album, I don't remember listening to the back half of this album back in the day, with the exception of one or two songs, mm-hmm. uh, which are not this one. Um and it's just going back. It's like no wonder I never listened to it. Like it's so, it's it's a it's a different sound. It's a different feel. Uh, it's just not as good and not as crisp and clean. So I don't know. Andy, your star, middle of the road, still a thumbs down for me, but not the worst. Um, but certainly not good enough to get a thumbs up. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you, you know, you kind of see this if you pay attention to albums in terms of how they're structured. You know, you're gonna you're gonna really front load the album with the four or five songs that you know are are strong. Um, you hope that the album, you hope the band has enough legs to carry the album through. And a debut album should for a band, right? Um, but I think almost always when you have that last song of your strong four, your strong five which usually are always going to be around tracks two, three, four, five on an album. You, you kind of put a ballad mm-hmm. in this place maybe because you know the energy is going to have to go way down. You have to bring it down like a roller coaster. Um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, 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 I have no problem with Andy. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that he's a star, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm, 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 I, I hope nothing but good things for Andy's future, you know? <laughs> Um, so that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts there. I, I, I do again, you know, um, I like how the song, it reminds me of like a train, like an engine that's starting with like the da, 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 da. And it kind of keeps that, that rhythm. And, and I, I do like how it kind of 
breaks open near the end when, you know, Brandon Flowers just kind of, you know, Andy, you're a star. Like, yeah. I like when it kind of opens up at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I, again, I, I think you start to see where the album, the, the tonality and and the lack of direction thereof kind of shifts here. But mm-hmm. you know what? That's probably, as you said, Jeff, too, this wasn't a fucking like seasoned record producer, you know, that's worked with, you know, Def Leppard or, or fucking Guns N' Roses or ACDC or anything. This is like, this is less going up to like Greg Staub and being like, Greg, <laughs> you have a room with walls. Can we record in it? We'll let you touch the you buttons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll you a- Can we do this on a boat? <laughs> I look boat a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Greg's Greg's definitely rocking the boat, rocking that. But like that's kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. I, I think in the places in this album where it's strong, you see it's the strength of the band. And in the parts of this album where it's weak, you can see that it's just an experience of the person who's kind of putting it together. Uh, it almost makes you wonder what this band, what this album would have been if they had somebody who you know really knew what they were doing and probably right. half these songs would have made it. Mm. Amen to that. Yeah. Doc. There's no way. Andy, your star. Um, <laughs> that should just mm. be your whole thing. So I'm going to take you guys on a journey. Please do. Um, uh, <clears throat> I went on like a, a weird emotional journey um, <laughs> listening to this album, specifically the back half, starting with Andy or Star. Uh, Noah, I respect all opinions in regards to music. I mean, you can like whatever you want. This song fucking sucks, man. <laughs> Bad. Um, that Hey Shut Up line, it's like grating to me. Uh, I don't know. And I remember years ago, I didn't like it then. So this isn't like a change. I didn't like the song years ago. I, I, I wouldn't say I like it any less or any more. But this initially, when I had my review listen, uh, this was my least favorite song. Uh, oh, man, this song kind of, eh, this isn't great. Because, I mean, all the other songs were so good. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you're not going to win every, every song. Yeah, this is not my least favorite song. It got worse for me. Uh, oh, nice. One, <laughs> what I thought was going to be my least favorite song, and I was sure the album was going to be good. <laughs> I was so sure of it. Um, <laughs> it has good groove. It does. It really does. But nothing else. Uh, the rest of this album is very bad and fair. Just it fluctuates between okay, background noise, music that you can listen to when you're on a, like a seven-hour drive. So it's just interesting enough that you won't fall asleep, but not so interesting that it's distracting you. It's the, the back half of this album to me. Um, so yeah, this is least favorite song number one. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to Until you get one. to the next one that you like. <laughs> I have three notes to say right now. <clears throat> Number one, there is I, we're enough episodes in this goddamn podcast to where when you hear the rustle of Jones's notes and then he clears his throats, uh, he's about to fuck something up verbally. He's he's trying his hardest to remain composed, and I respect it. Uh, and all this time, man, you, st- you have you still haven't screamed on this podcast. But I, I, right now, like, like our listeners can hear you breathing. And they shouldn't be able to hear you breathe, Doc. Like, and you're fucking yeah. doing it, so that should tell everybody <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> this album made me angry. I'm sorry. Uh, it just made me angry. Oh. 
number two, uh, the end of your star, the very end of this, comes off to me like it's the only part of the song I don't really like because it comes off like fucking vaudeville. And normally I would never say that phrase about anything because it's fucking 2022. Why am I using vaudeville to describe an alternative rock album? But the fucking killers did it at the end of that record. And it's, it's like it's weird. But number three, I've always thought this and I still think this. And when I'm laying in my deathbed and my great grandchildren say, great grandpa, um, what is a thought that you want us to have? I feel like Andy, you're a star is the phrase you make that when you convince some young would be waiter that wants to be an actor, that all they have to do to be famous in Hollywood is suck your dick. Just after you come on their face, you look at them dead in the eye and you say, <laughs> Andy, you're a star. And then my grand great grandchildren remind me of the restraining order and they don't know why they came. But that's pretty much what I've always thought. And I'm gonna, every time I'm in the car and I'm like, oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah, that's what that that's what that is. Ladies and gentlemen, why is not allowed within fifty feet of an elementary school? Yeah, there goes my hey, shut up. up. Hey, oh, shut yeah. up. Yeah, that's right what's what <laughs> did it. That's what did it. That's what ended the Senate run. <laughs> that's one right there. Good way to go. Oh uh, uh, yeah, but on all due fairness, all right. after this point, uh, what the fuck happens to this record? It really is. A <laughs> I told no. Right, two album. Yeah. Because you get uh, a, uh, in, you got to get that shimmy and a shake on top there, Noah. We're on top, you know? You got oh to get that going. Oh, my God. Like, it's the, the first half of this album. And I'll include Andy, your star, because I like it. But if you want to cut it before that for you guys, that's fine. But the first half of this record is, like, a really good, almost completely groundbreaking alt-rock record from the early 2000s. And you're like, this, the vibe, people replicated this. and and But it all still, because of great vibes it is it stands alone it's unique uh so the first half is a groundbreaking alt rock album and the second half is a shitty alt rock album mm -hmm. it is it is it is downright shitty uh with only one saving grace in my opinion that happens at the very end but yeah god the re i i emotionally checked out listening to this twice for this podcast <laughs> at this point like i'm, I'm like ah yeah, I I don't have much yet to say about the rest of the album, with the exception of one more song, which is song 10. But for this song, it mm -hmm. felt like because Andy or Star were so mellow that for On Top, they were trying to ramp the energy level back up, but it just didn't have the same feel and effect as the first half of the album did. So I've, I think it was a valiant effort, but it was still a miss. Um, and, it, and it may just have been, you know, the inexperience of the band. I mean, they had only been writing music together for like a year. Uh, the first song they wrote was Mr. Brightside. Like, how do you top that <laughs> out of yeah. the gate? Um, so I think, you know, that really starts to show by the time you get to this song on the album and it continues to, to go down from there. Send me that code. Jones? I have no recollection of the song whatsoever. Uh, listening to it again, uh, it it it, I, it gets a star from me for being background noise and really really good background noise. Um, I don't That's hate this song. Uh, you know, it's it's just to this time, like I'm gonna listen to on top this time. Really, and I'm like, no, this is just noise. And, and, and again, the theme of the rest of this album, a lot of it's just noise. Just 
it, it, okay, get ahead of myself. Yeah, it wasn't good. That's just how, how I feel about that. <laughs> so no, it really is. The back half of this record, except, and even when it works, the back half of this record is essentially Brandon Flowers yelling with his, his effect, random lyrics, and the band just happens to be doing stuff behind him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really well, way, good way to put it. He's just like saying that. What it is? Just whatever. Yeah. Um, Mac. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know that I. I go as uh, as as hard on it as you guys are here. Um, I mean, I. I think the the music in in here. Uh, yeah, and you're trying to ramp things back up after any year star. You know, you slowed it down a little bit there. We're trying to we're trying to get tempo back up. Um, you know, I, I like the synth in the uh, in the song. You know, I think that's uh, that's mm-hmm. a strong part to it. Again, it's not. I mean, I, I again, I, I I even just listened to it in full before we started recording here again uh, today, and um, you know. Yeah, I can I can kind of get with you, Jones, on that where it just kind of starts to turn a little bit, maybe more into background noise. You pay a little bit less attention as we get to this point, but I don't I don't know that I'm going to say that if I'm if this is the last thing I hear before I'm put under for a root canal, I'm going to have a terrible experience when I wake up. <laughs> kind of a deal. <laughs> At least you end but up on top. You you end up on top. Yeah, you know, just get that shimmer and a shake. Uh huh. I can't break. You're on top. You're on top. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, not not in my top five or six favorite songs on the album, or not even probably my top ten or fifteen killer songs. But you know, again, it's it's serviceable. I think I think a lot of things here too, guys. You know, when you're looking at albums and how albums are produced, and you know, we're, we're we we're in a shift now where you know we're moving to a place with music where you're probably not going to have albums anymore. You know. Uh, because people aren't buying CDs, even though CD sales were up for like the highest they were in the last six years this past year, for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe Taylor Swift had something to do with that because everybody wanted to go buy her shit again. Um, but you know, like you said, if this is if if this album comes out in 2014 and not 2004, mm-hmm. maybe it is an EP. Maybe you only have those five or six songs on there and, and, and the rest of these just kind of occasionally something they might play when they're on concert because you got to play for two hours or something. But, you know, again, I don't I don't have quite the uh, the, the vitriol for, for on top or or anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's 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 OK. You know, if I heard an elevator, I wouldn't be pissed. I hear worse things in an elevator. I could hear <laughs> yeah. Sabian. Hey. <laughs> Well, it's obvious we're not going to change your mind, but as a segue, Ooh, what, do, what, do you thi- what do you think of change my mind? <laughs> change yeah, Mac, mind. what do you think of change your mind? Um, <laughs> I, I again, I, I like that. I like the beat. I like the tempo. I like, I like the um, that the energy's high. Again, you know, there's there's really not a lot of songs on this album where, where the energy's discernibly low in any way, shape, or form. Again, I like the musicality of the song. Um, I like the guitar. I, I like how the song leads off. You know, I like how it kind of get, I like how it leads. Um, again, I, it's, it's hard for me to sit here and, and want to shit all over one of my top three favorite albums of all time. Um, you know, again, I, top I, three. Yeah, this is one of my top three favorite top, not best top three favorite. Fuck. 
Is there a difference between best so. and favorite? <laughs> so we'll be talking about that in a future episode there, Jeff. Oh, boy. Mm. Well, I disagree with all the things you just said. Uh, I don't like this song at all. And and it's it's a shame because if you look at each member of the band independently, like they're extremely talented. Like Ronnie Venucci yeah. as a drummer, he's oh, a yeah. fantastic drummer. But I don't think anybody on this album, with the exception of Brandon Flowers, has really like a, the spotlight on them in terms of let's really highlight what this guy can do and what he brings to the band. It all, it all, I think it all gets sort of overlaid and, and sort of mashed together in a way that nobody really, there isn't that spotlight where like, Hey, let's listen to this sick guitar solo and see what this guy's, this guy can do. I don't, I don't think you get that anywhere in this back half of this album at all. No, I'm with you. Uh, Mac, hey, I know that you really don't want to shit all over one of your top three favorite albums of all time, but I'll, I'll be happy to do it for you for a minute. So first of all, I'm not sure. Should, 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 I, should I lay back and open up my mouth or how are we doing? You this? can. No, I, I, I prefer full eye contact. Make me work for it. You know, get right up to the edge of, of, of is there consent? Right? One of those but types of things. But I'm not going to let that fucking comment about Kasabian yeah. go by. Because I fucking love Kasabian. And 48.13 is a fucking incredible record. All right? It's the first time in my entire life I've so heard anybody said, utter the words uh, Kasabian and a phenomenal album, like, ever at the same sentence. Well, you need I'm, better I'm people. Surprised your eyes. I'm sorry to your function when you said yeah. that because it just couldn't. Handle what just if came out. I of could cared enough to go back through the episodes more poignantly. I would do something ridiculous there with the audio. But I, I again, make, make can't really be bothered about it after recording. Usually, I'm too <laughs> drunk. But um, this is the worst song on the record. This of all the songs on the record, and the songs in the back half of this that is the worst song on the record by far. Um, because to me, this is what, okay, well, we've all been at parties, and I'm sorry if anyone's ever been this person at a party to listen to this podcast, but I'm going to fucking call you out. Fuck you. We all have a person at a party that for some reason really can't play the acoustic guitar, but brings the acoustic guitar, and he really wants to play that one song that he plays, but it's two chords over and over again, and it's like, oh, why'd you leave me? And like, you know, like, why? Like, it's a song. This song basically echoes that. It reminds me of someone who's never really written a song before. And for some strange reason, it made it onto a nationally distributed record. Um, what the fuck happened here? And that's the other thing, too. And my, I'm having this vision as we're talking about this fucking album. The reason why the front half of this record is so loaded is because they realized that there's a couple of songs, and this is the most acute one of them, that if anyone heard in the beginning of the record, they would fucking turn the CD off. They would throw <laughs> it out of the car as they were driving down the highway, never to give the killers a fucking chance again. So, like, let's put all the good shit in the front, because by the time they've got to the back, they've already bought the record, and who gives a fuck what they do? Because I've never been in the car and wanted to punch myself in the dick the way I was when I got about a minute into change your mind. I'm like, you know what? Like, if I punch myself square in the dick, I'm going 70 miles an hour, 65 at this time. If I fucking punch myself in the dick and the good Lord takes me wherever he goes, 
would it be better than finishing so, this fucking song? Can you guys can you guys visually go along with me here for a second and just you're driving down the fucking highway? You're going just find your own business. You're pulling up on this fucking car next to you, and there's just this guy, side profile, with his window cracked, just the killers playing, and he's just he's fucking laying into his lap. <laughs> just punching himself in the he's penis. Fucking laying <laughs> in his dick. Make you feel a certain way. <laughs> One hand on the wheel, no ice on the road, fucking letting fate take him where he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it. Um, if I didn't have a uh, child, it dear might God, have release like, me from release. my earthly bounds. <laughs> oh my and God! This fucking song. It's funny because I said I emotionally disconnected at this point in the record, but clearly I emotionally connected in a negative way to this. Apparently, <laughs> that is very rageful, and I appreciate it. I um. This is another uh, fair song, in my opinion. And, and actually, I made a, a reference to, like, you know, music. It's very road trip music at the end. And it's at this point of the album that I realized that. Because I'm listening to it, and Fairly. I'm just like, you know, this isn't making me angry, no, but this isn't putting a smile on my face. It's not, I'm not enjoying it. But it's not so bad that I have to change the track. This would be good... You've been on the road for six and a half hours. You just you just need something, something to keep you focused. You know, your 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 partner's asleep on the you know on the passenger side, and you're trying to stay awake. This would be perfect. Um, yeah, it's it, and again, it gets worse. Somehow, <laughs> this album just keeps getting yeah, worse. Um, I feel like this would yeah. be a good song for a road mm-hmm. trip if I was on the way to. Like kill myself in front of somebody. No, no, it's like how do I get my car over at Niagara Falls with this song being played at the same time? <laughs> I'm a well, I'll fucking show her. I'm gonna light myself on fire. <laughs> what songs do I play to prepare myself? This would be on. This would be the on the ritual fire suicide playlist on Spotify. I swear to God, oh I'm half God. tempted to make that playlist <laughs> and put it Just on our social media. Yeah, <laughs> ritual suicide playlist oh. on Spotify this this week on nothing good. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, um. save that. Save that for the Halloween oh. episodes. Oh Noah. my God. We still have a lot more Halloween. Oh my god! To review. Oh. <laughs> There's like a ritual suicide. Oh my god! Oh, oh man! Oh, uh, but anyway, so more shit follows after this, Natalie. <laughs> so believe, believe me, me, Natalie. <laughs> uh, next song coming up. I'm. I. I don't. I'm not a, a huge fan of this one. Um, you know, I, I think it. It just kind of goes in a even in a, a different direction than kind of the rest of the album. To me, this song doesn't necessarily kind of fit even what they've been trying to do with the previous songs to it. Um, you know, this is kind of a, a usually a, you know, a skip for me if I'm trying to get to, you know, the end of the album here. But yeah, not, not, not a big fan of this one. 
That's all I got. I have literally one word review on Believe Me Natalie, and it's nope. And I cared so little for the song that I put a zero Didn't instead of the O for it. nope. Okay. Uh, nope. So for me, uh, Andy, your star was when I I thought any worse. Was, oh, this is definitely like the least favorite song. That they can't be any worse than this, and just kept getting worse. Uh, Believe me, Natalie is is my least favorite song number two. It took the place of Andy, your star, which I thought was you know you couldn't really do. Um, this is definitely my least favorite song by far. Uh, the song is messy. Uh, it, it feels like it's like three different songs mashed together. Like I don't understand when they were listening to it, and they were like, they were gonna, this Ooh. thing was gonna go, and they're like, yeah, this fits. Yeah, this is the one. Are you fucking serious? This is not the one. Yeah, Nat- someone believe me, Natalie. This song cross sucks. Nodding, looking at That's this basically song. how I feel about this. Um, it's just five minutes of fucking pain. That's what I wrote. Five minutes of pain. Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for as long as it is, you think there would be like some glimmer of hope in there, but there wasn't. Uh, my parents all told me not to say anything if I don't have anything nice to say. So fuck Natalie. <laughs> I don't believe you. Natalie. I don't like this song. <laughs> I don't believe a word uh, that bitch says. I don't believe you at all. This is one of those songs, oh, and, and 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 um, definitely on top is another one of them. And uh, for the love of God, change your mind. But if someone had brought this, look, you got to listen to this band, listen to this song. And one of those three they songs, fucking gave ones, me, I would they... never listen to a single piece of music they ever gave me for the rest of their life. Other songs on this record, like I even feel more positive about Mr. Brightside as far as like, okay, I don't like this song. I think it's, it's I don't like it, but it's good. Fine. Cool. What else they got? Right. One of these songs, I'm like, is this your band? That's what I would ask somebody. Is this your band? Yeah, is this is this you? <laughs> it's great. Did you record this in your garage? One, no, I don't. Not another one. No. I'm good. You know, this. Guys, remember MTV had this show? Maybe it was VH1 or something where, like, they would bring a super fan up to meet a band, and like the super fan would tell the band like what they mean to them, and like why their music's so important, and like the show just became this this thing over and over and over again of just people being like, there is a time in my life when I just wanted to just drive down a highway and just <laughs> brutalize my dick so badly to your music. And it got me through some really just, just, just I just wanted to iron, like iron fist my dick just so hard. Like, but not in the Netflix show because that was as bad as your song. But like, 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 and, and I can see, I can see the killer version of this being like, "Hi, my name's Natalie, and I have to tell you about the song <laughs> Leave Me, Natalie,' because it spoke to me." Um, like that, and then like MTV's like, "We can't have this show on anymore because it just became to be these are the worst things that happened to me, and your music got me through it." And after the Nickelback episode, really, where can you go? <laughs> but, oh my god! But, um, but yeah, moving along. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So midnight show. We are almost at the end of this bullshit. We're almost at the end here. Midnight show. Noah. I mean, on it, like actually, uh, on the back I, half I, of the album, I think midnight I, show starts to kind of come up a little bit. I don't dislike. Uh, listen, after change your mind, right? Uh, really, can anything <laughs> be that bad? And then believe me, Natalie is like, I'm gonna try. 
fail, but try. And so Midnight Show, I guess, uh, I mean, I don't hate it. It's one of those things that's like if if you have four people in a row and person number one punches you in the day and then person number two dips their fist in glue and then glass and then punches you in the dick. Then person number three slaps you in the face. They're your favorite of the three by default, right? And so I would say that compared to the punch of the dick that some of the last songs have been, And then that's just a slap in the face. It's fair. Yeah, uh, of Jafar? the back half of the album, mm-hmm. this is the only song that I kind of liked. Uh, I don't love it, obviously, but I think part of that is because the previous few songs were so bad that I just stopped caring about mm-hmm. the rest of the album. And even if it was, you know, the greatest Taylor song that was ever made. I care so little because I had to go through all the bullshit that just came right before it that I just can't, I can't get behind it. So it's a, it's a good song. If it was on the front half of the album, uh, I think it would have done better. I say that too. Um, but, but at the end, I think it gets lost because there's a show, so much shit and it's the only like glimmer of hope that's left in those last six songs. And I just think it gets lost in, in all the muddiness of all the rest. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that, Jeff. I think it's the song that tries to be the most like the front half of the album. Yeah. Um, I think there are parts where it succeeds, and I think there are parts where it, it doesn't, where it falls short. Um, but, uh, you know, solid solid song. But this is also, in, in a weird way to me, the least memorable song on the album. You know, when, when I'm going yeah. through the track list and everything, again, as many times as I've, I've on, as Jones, as you say, the road trips, right? This is a, this was a road trip album for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can look at every title of uh, this album without hearing it and know how the song goes. But like when I got to Midnight Show, I'm like, wait, how does what was which one was Midnight Show? You know, that was the one to me that when I was kind of prepping myself for the episode here, that I was just like, I, I don't really remember Midnight Show. And then here it's like, oh yeah, that yeah yeah you know. Um, but yeah, I, I and 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 that could likely mm. guys just be because of what you have all kind of iterated is that you know there is a drop off in quality and and probably i'm not listening to the album as often as at this point and back half as i would at the front half um but you know solid okay but to me the least memorable because of probably just where it is uh so uh, midnight show okay so it's actually pretty cool uh i have something positive to say actually about this track um yeah right (laughs) oh that is cool. Let's hear it. So, this track, you <laughs> music uh, in the short time that uh, we've been doing since we've covered podcast, uh, and the, I, I make it a to listen to each track, no distractions, no TV on. I'm just kind of chilling couch or something where I'm not really doing much to just take the song in the first time, especially if it's a song I haven't heard in a long, long time. So. I'm listening to this album the first time, uh, and I'm sitting on the couch, just relaxing. You know, whether I'm enjoying it or not, it's like, whatever, we're going through the motions. I'm writing my notes down, right? And somehow, <laughs> this song figured out a way to be so non fucking descript and bland and, 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 and not inspired <laughs> and lazy sounding, 
that I I blinked <laughs> and realized I was fucking deuce rolling on Twitter. <laughs> I've never and done that's that the positive. Now, that, for yeah, sure. that's the positive. <laughs> and I just stopped myself. How did I get here? And I just went, how the fuck did I? The song was over. And I'm like, how the fuck did I get to this one? Where am I? So I listened to it again because I'm like, well, shit, I don't remember anything I just fucking listened to. <laughs> and then I realized that the song fun sucks after that. But the song is so not enjoyable that I just like well, Noah who said I just checked out from it and just started looking at Twitter and looking at the awful things in society because that was far more fucking interesting to me Jesus than what this album has to fucking offer. <laughs> I love it so much. that's so good that's so good and and, and for the record that is neither a good sign or is it a good song yeah i mean there there really isn't i wouldn't i don't know if i put a good song on the back half of this record you have one you enjoy that doesn't make it good see other episodes that we've covered but i'm gonna take us to the last track here Everything will be all right. Now, I, I have two thoughts about this. One, um, it's my favorite song on the back half of the record. Uh, because it doesn't try to be anything other than kind of you a know, role, very, very uh, counter kind of oriented last track. All the other songs on it, even the shitty Change Your Mind, right? All the other songs have a spot that you could theoretically rearrange the album. You could put, you could lead with Smile Like You Mean It. You could lead with Somebody Told Me. You could put Change Your Mind here. You could put Believe Me, Natalie there. Andy, You're a Star could be somewhere else. I don't think this song would fit anywhere else on the record other than the last song on the record. It is almost written to be the last song on the record and i i appreciate the how so stripped not, down it is not really being super stripped it, down but it, it is just very brandon flowers and the organ and the drum machine and they just kind of they just kind of go um but the most positive thing i say about it even though i would even say it's probably my fourth favorite song on the record only because it tells you that the goddamn record is over like you fucking make it and trust me Everything will be all right. You can listen to anything else. <laughs> it's you. You've made it. You've done it. You've done Jones. It. He's Jones is staring. He's so evilly Me? staring at no. us from this album. <laughs> I just right, love so just the, the, the the emphatic yeah, the just multiple pages. pages. Okay, uh, I know we're, we're probably going a little long this episode, so I, I wrote on this song because uh, I felt so strongly about it. Um, so I wrote that uh, the, the greatest trick yes. the devil ever played was convincing the world he didn't. So I went through this yeah. journey on an emotional level, almost borderline spiritual, because I thought that uh, Andy or Star was my least favorite fucking song. Uh, it was usurped by Believe Me, Natalie. <laughs> And I thought, I truly oh. believe that I had found <laughs> this was the worst song on this album. Because at this point, by the time we get to Midnight Show, I'm like, totally is, is 
actually really at all relevant. It's and it was really, and I felt because really bad for because I know a lot of people, present company included, who love this album, and I don't want to look bad on you and question your taste. So I'm not. Because I respect you and I love you like a brother. <laughs> far too much. And you're allowed like whatever bullshit you want to like. <laughs> you're so ashamed to go fucking tell. But. Oh, shit. <laughs> be all right not if i ever have to listen to the entirety of this goddamn <laughs> album in, in this or any other life ever again god or whatever the fuck you believe in because this shit this i may face the entire the time fucking song time. was on it's five <laughs> minutes and 45 seconds oh oh <laughs> i didn't realize i was doing it because the song just it cre- I had a, a, a physical reaction to this, uh, this song. song. Somehow, had become my least favorite song on the album. By such a significant margin, it's laughable. It's fucking messy. It's jumbled. It sounds amateurish. It sounds like high school students wrote and produced and, and played this song. The song is so bad. It is so totally bad that it deserves like, somebody should fire that, that friend that they hire to to <laughs> produce this shit. Fuck that guy because he had no business touching this album. This should have been stayed on the fucking cutting floor, or whatever you, whatever term you want to use in the this album, this song, this shit ever again. I I don't ever want. And I don't think I've ever felt that way about a single fucking thing we <laughs> so, covered on this fucking show before. <laughs> so thank Welcome. you, Dave, for suggesting. So listen, listen. <laughs> I owe you, you so, so much listen. for that. As you, have you, as you been saying this, Jones, I, I, I had to pull this up because I think this is worth this is worth sharing. So we've all seen Office Space, correct? Yes. So you know when Peter, from the beginning of the movie, he's talking to the, the therapist, uh, therapist and he talks about how. I was sitting in my cubicle today, and I realized ever since I started working, every single day of my life has been worse than the day before. So that means that every single day that you see me, <laughs> that's on the worst day of my life. And the doctor goes, what about today? Is today the worst day of your life? That's <laughs> Jones just, listening yeah. to the back half of this album. <laughs> every single song since Andy, you're a star, <laughs> is the worst song that he's ever experienced in his life. So by the time, <laughs> and, and and hey, look, he gets, look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. Everything real quick. will be all right. It is the worst song of his life. I'm I'm gonna I'm that guy, and I'm just, it's the last thing I'm gonna fucking say about this shit because it's 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 actually a little insanity that people like it. I I, I don't I don't understand it. Um, but for the people who really really like this album, with with the exception of Dave, who's like a brother to me. <laughs> To all of those other people <laughs> who have you. no taste in music, how dare you? Uh. Uh. Oh my god! <laughs> it took this fucking song to break jokes. Oh my god! Uh. Uh. So, so Jafar. I, I, don't, I don't know how, how to follow that, like- really. Uh, I mean, uh, I I also agree. This was my least favorite song on the album. Uh, 
mainly because I was just waiting for it to be over. And by the time we got to this song, it kept fucking going for six minutes. And I'm like, I have to listen to it because out of the respect of this show and what we're doing in this format, I was like, fuck this song, man. It's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know how you start something so strong and finish so terribly bad. Like, if if hoodoo was doo-doo, this song is far worse. Like, you're walking your dog, and you step in shit, and you don't know, is it human shit? Is it dog shit? I don't know. And you look at the bottom of your shoe, and it says, everything will be all right. And you just take your fucking shoe off and throw it over the bridge into a river because fuck that shoe and fuck this song. That's that's where I'm at with it. Like, I... I, I love that the last three songs on this album are, are 15 minutes total. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, you're never right. getting that time back. This, this, uh, listen. No. So, that's the worst so, part. Not make more this, of that shit. This episode. Listen. No, this, Dave, I did listen. It wasn't good. <laughs> has been worth, has been worth every single moment of this. I've, I, I just have to say. That I've been laughing so fucking hard, just just going through this, and just knowing that at the beginning of this episode, I'm like, if I'm on a fucking deserted island and I can have like four albums with me, this is one of them that I'm bringing. And knowing that, especially for Jones, if this was one of the four albums that he was left with on a deserted island, he's looking for the first tree he can find to fucking hang himself off of it because he hates it so fucking much. <laughs> Fuck this up. Fuck the killers, who, by the like, way. It's just, it's, they have no business making music like, out of that laughable. shit. It's laughable. Come on. Dave, you know it's laughable uh, how bad it is. Uh, I know you love the killers, uh, but a lot, the songs are so fucking the last terrible. Song, um, the, I... I, 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 there's just something that I enjoy about it. I, I don't and, know what it is. You know, I, I, I can't say, I won't, I won't sit here and try to pretend that everything that you guys have said isn't warranted because it is. And I do acknowledge, you know, the absurdity of how these songs come together or don't come together and everything else. But you know what? I still enjoy it, you know? Sometimes, you know, people like to put weird shit and weird toppings on their cheeseburger just because it's something they like. And, you know, that's that's just kind of a preference for me. I just I just have always really dug this album. And, you know, again, not going to sit here and say that I got the same affinity for it as maybe I did, you know, when I was not knowing shit from, you know. Uh, <laughs> Yesterday before we started making fun of you're gonna say <laughs> now. I was gonna say, you know, my, my, my taste in music and my exposure to good music and everything has definitely grown since two thousand and four. Um but, but look each and every fuck, fuck you, you fuck you <laughs> fuck you. All right. Fuck each and every one of you. Oh, I God. like this album. You all can suck donkey dick. Just suck all of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just like this fucking album. Jesus Just like Christ. this fucking album. <laughs> uh, I want to I wanna wrap this up with, with two things real fast. In a one-word answer, and I already know what some of you are going to say. Right, I'm going to ask the... <laughs> is this album I'll good? S- 
<laughs> let, let me. <laughs> Jeff, no, no, no. I want. I, I no, no, not you. No, not you. Jeff, is the uh, hot fuss the killers? It has to be a one-word answer. One word. Answer. Meh. I will chime in <laughs> next. And I will say, barely, barely, front half. I have one word. Barely. One Mac. Is this album good? Yes. Duck. Just fucking one word, really? Um, one word. <clears throat> no word. <laughs> <laughs> and then last, uh, it's a very specific question. And this is just for you, Doc. I want to ask you this hypothetical question. <laughs> it's a Wednesday night. <laughs> it's a Wednesday night and you're um, excuse me, listen. It's a Wednesday night and you're walking around. You've had a couple of drinks, nothing too strong, right? You know, maybe a maybe a Zima or two. And then <laughs> you look out your window. And there you see it. The Sega Channel. <laughs> and you know that look, man. You know that look it gives you. It fucking wants it. It needs it. But you've... You've got a... You've got a family now. <laughs> uh, you've got a family now. You've, you've promised yourself you're never going to do it again. But then you see it. And its hand is a bag of Arby's. And you fucking know. And so you wait for everyone to go to bed. You leave the back door unlocked and you leave only the kitchen light on. And Sega Channel knows what that means. And you take it to your guest bathroom, the one you barely ever clean because it's dirty like that. And then it happens. Thrust after thrust after thrust after thrust because you've got stamina and it's been a while what the fuck's the question <laughs> the fuck <laughs> what are you doing i'm getting to it i'm getting to it, <laughs> gotta, I'm getting get, to it. you gotta get the oh content it's a slow build then there's another thrust then you get that charlie horse on your side and then a thrust and you're gonna finish you're so close you fear every ounce, every ounce of love inside you is about to well up and at that explode. moment. Sega Channel looks up to you. Tears in its eyes. Arby sauce all over its face. And it says to you, everything is going to be all right. My question is... <laughs> Sub-question... you still finish? <laughs> Where? Uh, <clears throat> I will answer your question. No. And more importantly, I would never be in that position. 
You would never be in that position. You're trying to tell me here and now, at the end of this godforsaken, uh, the only episode that's gone longer that than that fucking album. Fucking Sega Channel showed up to your house <laughs> with a bag of piping hot, fresh, delicious Arby's. With fucking Arby's. Uh, no one likes <laughs> Arby's, first of all. <laughs> the Sega Channel does. Arby's is they've got some meat. And when and as far as the Sega Channel is concerned, so do you. And a hot lunch, wanting you to get it a hot lunch that you still wouldn't finish inside, even if it quoted the last album of the song. That's what you're saying to me right now. Yeah. You fucking lie where you sit. That's what I'm saying. You fucking lie where you sit. <laughs> uh, I, I'm an honest man. You got to live with it. Well, I love it. What I didn't love was fucking having this <laughs> fucking for album. Years. So... <laughs> Let's fucking wrap this up, guys. We got some fun stuff in the pipeline. Next week is our first ever fan requested mm -hmm. episode. It's our first ever fan requested episode, and it's back in wrestling. A fan, someone we didn't even know before we started this show, mm -hmm. has asked us to cover a wrestling show to review it. And by God, we're going to fucking do it because nothing good is going to cover In Your House 2. 1995 World Wrestling Federation. Mulleted Shawn Michaels. Mulleted Jeff Jarrett. There's only one wrestler Diesel. on the show that doesn't have a mullet. <laughs> Who isn't fucking tuning to find out? <laughs> gonna be I'm very, very excited. excited? Yes. I'm looking real does, forward to does it. Does this one have Monster Trust oh. too? But it's equivalent of bad WCW booking because in addition to a wrestling show that actually is supposed to have good matches, we'll talk about it and we'll see, we get a live performance of Jeff Jarrett's smash hit single with my baby tonight. Just before he defends the Intercontinental Championship against <laughs> peak drug addled Shawn Michaels. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Cannot wait. It's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be good. And we got a lot of other fun Must stuff see content from in, us. The, uh, in the works coming up after that. So it's going to be it's going to be good. Stay tuned. Is there any other lasting impressions you want to give to the audience? I Yes. Yeah, I, I think the damage is done here. <laughs> Preferably not about this out. <laughs> so so you're talking about you know, the Sega channel and Arby's and, you know, and Herb. Um, saw something online the other day that I thought was really funny. And uh, it was in response to somebody just Eileen, wrote, but where no. Eileen? And I just fucking thought that was really funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody's ever mm -hmm. asked that question. We've always just been so like focused no. on coming Eileen that we just didn't think where. Something just got you got to ask the some no, questions you just got to ask in the heat of the moment. A rule yeah. of life, but another rule of life is now every Tuesday we're gonna keep slathering hot fresh Arby sauce all over your podcast preferences. It uh, put a little horsey in there too, Noah. You mixing that shit in there? All right, all right, all right. Uh, and you know what? I want I, if you guys haven't been able to fucking tell. I, I want to somehow get Arby's to be the sponsor of the show, despite the fact that I keep mentioning their sandwiches in a sexual context. <laughs> I mentioned I their sandwiches the to your brother's face. 
This is also true. Also this is a fine true. listener at Arby's. We have a lot uh, to offer. Well, we'll tune yeah. in next time. Stay tuned for a for the wonderfully canned uh, closing that I do. We know you look forward to it every time. All right, guys, we're out of here. Peace. Take it easy, everybody. Nothing. Good. See you next week. Later. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please be sure to tell a friend or two to check us out. You can follow this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and much more to make sure you get the latest episodes and all of our cheeky, cheeky shenanigans. And don't forget to check us out on social media. We have our Nothing Good page on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Nothing Good Pod and at Insta at Nothing Good Podcast. And while you're there, drop us a line. Say hello. Enjoy some of our shit posting and shameless promotion, or hell, even check out our merchandise. I promise it's really sweet. We'll see you next time.